kind of uh, easing our way into sports talk this afternoon. Yes. Chuck is in love. Shut up. <laughs> okay, back. Let's get into the sports talk, shall we? Am I allowed to talk again? Well, instead of trying to drool on our listeners. Yeesh. No. Sheesh. All right. Uh, we're leaving with baseball. Yes. Because. Not just baseball. Yeah, well, it's... it's Major uh, League Baseball. <laughs> yeah. That's Our right. own. Yes. Local Major League Baseball. Jared Young called back up to the Chicago Cubs yesterday from the Iowa Cubs. They placed uh, Nick Madrigal, who had been playing third base most of the time for them, on the injured list with a hamstring problem and called up um, Jared. Yeah, well, again, once again, Jared's earned it. Yes, his, his results back in Iowa have been very oh. strong, and uh, we weren't sure. Yeah, he was crushing it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down and there. this time of season, you often see the favoritism on call-ups go to younger players, up-and-comers, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's no longer no. an up-and-comer, no. though he's still young. Uh, so it was really he earned it. I mean, that's just a yeah. great tip of the hat to him that he's the one that uh, got that ring. He was born young. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be forever. He'll be forever young. And you complained about me? <laughs> <laughs> you inspired us, dude. Well, I didn't drool on the listeners. Oh, I just, yeah. I Neither just did insulted I. their... Uh, no, Jared ended up... Well, I think we can safely say he ended his stay with Iowa this year because Madrigal's on the 10-day DL, which is basically till the end of the season. So yeah. Jared will be there. Interestingly enough, 310 at-bats... A 310 batting average. Nice. Yes. 16 doubles, 2 triples, 21 home runs, 71 runs, 72 RBIs, 7 stolen bases, uh, 417 on base percentage, 577 slugging, and a 994 on base plus slugging. Mm-hmm. Anything over 1.000 on, on base plus slugging is viewed as very good. So he's And what was the there. on-base percentage for? 417 with a 310 batting average. So he's That's, getting some walks. So he's getting walks yeah. and hit by pitches. That's well, that was, that was the other thing that I had not noticed before. He, he In Iowa, he's been hit by a pitch 10 times. Nice. <laughs> a boy. Yeah. Take one for the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not... Uh, okay, take 10 for the team. That's not accidental. No. Okay, so for him. speaking of the Cubs, yes. they've been suffering a little bit of late, and I have to correct what I said last week because I said they had been pretty consistent, mm, oh. and then this team called the Arizona Diamondbacks Ugh. showed up. Yeah, and it's strange how baseball is like that because uh, Chicago in the last ten games three and seven, and I think all but one of those seven losses was to Arizona. Yeah, so. Yeah, they don't have Arizona the rest of the way to the no. end of the season, so big sigh of relief there. Uh, similar to what we look at for the Toronto Blue Jays, who are 6-4 and four in their last 10, <laughs> and all four of those games that they lost were that one series against Texas. To head, to head. So they have just been the kings of you know, just burping it all up when they need to do well, the wins, right? Yeah. The, the, the interdivisional play... Terrible record. They beat all the teams they're supposed to beat on, on well, record. Well, yes and no, yeah. because they did. But they did. Uh, you know, they w- walked over Boston this time. Yeah. Yes, but but this is what I'm saying is is it's the and weird Boston's thing. Out of it. Yeah. It's the weird thing about baseball is especially this stupid Oof. race they have in the American League, where you're trucking along doing great guns, and then boom, you hit this team that just blows you out of the water. 
and then you got to get back on your horse. Yeah. Uh, for the Blue Jays, luckily they've done it. Other teams like uh, Seattle hasn't been able to get back on their horse. No. Well, so or Seattle and Texas. Texas, while well, even Houston's well, suffering, was, yeah. where it's going to be a case of who's going to win the AL West and can Toronto outperform the second-place finisher. Toronto yes. just well, has to win seven games now, and they're in. It's, yeah, it's yes. automatic. Well, yeah, yeah but that's they still... also have a magic number of twelve, so they can lose less and still make it in. If yeah. the other teams lose as well, but if yeah. they win seven, yeah, that's it. It doesn't matter what the others do; they're in, and that's kind of their saving grace because Houston and Seattle in their last ten are, are four and six. Yeah, and Texas is six and four, but four of those four wins those came against Toronto. Toronto. So <laughs> outside of that series. Texas is still not doing well. The other good news for Toronto is I was up at a friend's place last night. We were watching some of the Seattle game, and they put up their schedule for the rest of the season. Houston, Texas, Houston, Texas. Yeah, yeah, they are going to beat up on each other. Those teams both can't win those games. Yes, we know Houston is in Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) No, okay. in the last week, Toronto's best night until last night when they won was Monday night. They didn't play... And Houston, Texas, and Seattle all, all lost. lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so getting back to the Cubs, Cubs because yes. that's where Jared's headed, they're right in the thick of things as well. Oh, yes. uh, as I mentioned, six, uh, three and seven in their last ten, right behind them, uh, half a game back for the wa- last wild card spot is Miami. They're mm-hmm. six and four in the last ten. Cincinnati, six and four in their last ten. Uh, and then, well, that, Cincinnati's a game and a half back. Then it's three games back for San Francisco. So, really, if you're three games or more back, it's a pretty it's tough yeah, with tough. just At 10 games left, hard. right? Yes. So, yeah, right in the thick of it. Uh, one game ahead of them are those Diamondbacks mm-hmm. that, that had their number. They're 6-4 and four in the last 10. So, again, will Arizona continue to do well now that they don't play the Cubs anymore. Let's, well, so let's see what happens again, there. Good news for the Cubs. As you said, they're a game behind Arizona and three in front of San Francisco. Half behind Arizona, yeah. half okay. ahead of, Min, uh, Miami. of Miami. But three ahead of San Francisco in the wild card. Yeah, San Francisco's out of it. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati's well, the only other not. one. Yeah, because Cincinnati's... No, no, no. Arizona and San Francisco are playing in this next series. Sure. So yeah. if San Francisco if wins the two there. games... All of a sudden, they're right in it, and Arizona falls back. Yeah, but then you factor in Cincinnati and Miami in there, and there's yeah, yeah there's just too and many. Miami this week is playing the Mets, so that's almost guaranteed oh, wins. Boy, for yeah. what for happened Sam, to them? Hey, for who? The Mets? Like, what, oh yeah, I, I teams don't know. mystify you sometimes, right? Like I was mystified yeah, they were so by good last year. the Orioles. Yeah. yeah, where did they come from? And they're oh, yeah. sustainably good. And we and the Mets. Totally mystified me the well, other way. The other way around, yeah. You want the team that really mystifies, San Diego. Oh, they've been mystifying they are, me for years. Their run differential, they're plus 78. But yeah. they're about six games under 500. <laughs> they have underperformed for the last five years yeah. straight. This I was just year, don't get This it. was the year they figured would be the year, though, because... Actually, their their plus uh, run differential is 81. Okay, so it's changed since the last that's time I That's crazy for I a know. team that's under 500. I know. So <laughs> How do you do that? They blow teams out, and, exactly. then, they, and yeah. then they lose, then they lose, lose the close ones. Yeah. You look yeah. down that list, and it works out fairly well. Like this team is in first place. Oh, they got the highest run differential in the division. All right, stats, guys. Boom, so boom. what do you blame that on, then? 
I'm going to blame it on pitching. I, yeah, oh, I would I have to blame it on pitching. Because, yeah, because if you're blowing people out yeah, they're and then losing the, the close ones, yeah. you're not getting the, those it, outs. It, and I would actually them. say it's probably a bullpen yeah. issue if you really drilled into yeah, it. Because, I followed them, but that's... Because the other thing is, right now, they've got, I believe he's the major league leader in ERA, Blake Snell, pitching for them. Oh, yeah. So it's the yeah. other... Yeah, it's yeah. probably still a bullpen he, issue. Although he's an interesting case. He may become the first man to ever lead the majors in ERA... And walks given up in the oh, same season. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> Yikes. It's tough. But he obviously isn't uh, no. suffering from those walks. No. Huh. Yeah. Well, like sometimes the, walks are just a smart move, though. I mean, oh, yeah. if you're, they're yeah, but strategic if you give walks. Too many, it reminds me of the old Partridge Family series where Danny Partridge was talking about the Little League game that he played and to Ruben Kincaid, and, and uh, he said, uh, yeah, uh, our best pitcher was on the mound, and and uh, uh, he struck out, you know, X number of guys. Uh, oh, yeah, what was the score? Well, we, we lost 21 to f- uh, 18. <laughs> we, they wa- he walked a few. <laughs> he walked a few. <laughs> I pitched the other night in uh, PG Senior League. And huh? I had what? never pitched in my life. I pitched, yeah, I pitched two-thirds of an inning. Uh, I struck out uh, Zach Fillion. Oh, I was going to be very embarrassed now. Yeah, this yeah. I actually had there. to go over to the uh, to the bench and uh, after the game and say, Zach, thanks. No, <laughs> it was the opposite. I'm like, you can actually go home with your head still high because that last pitch, it was called a strike, yeah. but it was but in it the other yeah. batter's box. Like it was, it was. Well, it I broke the, that far. I think the yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> It's, it's, it's hard. Fun. It is hard to pitch. I've yeah. thrown my entire life, played baseball since I was oh, yeah. a tiny little kid. I could not hit the strike zone. Yeah. Well, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love uh, the rules in Major League Baseball now where sometimes you get positional players coming in to pitch because yes. they, they, they don't want to use up their bullpen. And that's why I was yeah. pitching. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. And and it's it's great to see these guys lob in these uh, you know, fifty six, fifty seven mile an hour uh, yeah. pitches, and, and, and the, the batters, batters don't know how to hit them no. because they don't yeah. see that pitch well, that slow, and they occasionally strike a good yeah. batter out, or they pop pop yeah. thing up. They just don't have the timing down. It's yeah. it's so bizarre. Along those same lines, remember earlier this year in Iowa, Jared pitched Jared an inning two thirds. Yeah. That's right, and struck out two an guys. inning yeah. and two thirds. Like yeah. that's not even a. Like, no, that's not just a. That's not just appearance. a token. That's, get a couple no, outs. Like, yeah, that's an actual I, I would say though, yeah, triple A, quite a difference. Oh yeah. Uh, and, oh for yeah, sure. Yeah. The batting is different, and oh, yeah. there's far more players there in positional spots that have been pitchers before, in, yeah. and, and not that far away from no. having yeah. been pitchers, right? No. So in age, like yeah. in double A or yeah. or single A, they would have right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that I've noticed watching the Major League Baseball. Uh, game of the day throughout the season. Early on, I was just amazed at how good the umpires were at calling the strike mm-hmm. zone because they got they've got that little box that they show yeah. on the on the yes. screen. And fans and, need to and remember they, that and the umpires and, can't actually see that. No, box. no, <laughs> but but they were so good at hitting. Uh, Sometimes like, it was amazing. Yeah. John Boy Media the other day. Now, wow. Later in the season, oh. I'm finding. Pitches that are more than a ball's width outside the strike zone getting called as strikes, and I'm starting yeah. to think maybe these umpires are not in as good a shape as they need to be because you know that if you're physically fit, 
your mind is probably more focused and, and better to make those calls. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe they they should institute some kind of uh, physical fitness regimen for the... <laughs> or maybe there's too much, right? If, if an umpire or starts maybe to burn out enough. a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Burnout or physical fatigue. Yeah. And it something. only takes a little. I'm, and, I'm not talking like on the on the you know oh, cusp of some breakdown. No, exactly. It's just, yeah. You're just tired. You're yeah. just tired. You're so I, I would 162 say, games a year. Yeah, I would say just from watching that progression from being extremely accurate at the beginning of the season to the point where every, every game there's <laughs> obvious... Uh, balls being called strikes and then there's there's got to be there's got to be yeah well yeah that's yeah. <laughs> how does that guy still have but a that, job seriously but, i know but then the other thing is you watch Strong the game. batters sometimes and the pitch is a foot and a half outside the strike zone and you can even see the umpire already starting to call a ball and the batter takes a swing at it yeah, yeah. that's true that's totally that's their foot and a half outside the strike <laughs> well, zone yeah that's true that's yeah. true it but the other alan day. have you ever uh been in the batter's box and watched a, uh, let's say, an 85-mile-an-hour sinker come at you? No, Mom didn't throw a very good sinker. The reality is batters can get the fooled. batters have oh, yeah. to make their decision ahead oh, yeah. of time. They're yeah. thinking yeah. ahead of time, oh. okay, this is what he's throwing this time. Yeah. And if they're wrong, yeah. they're halfway through their swing yeah. before they realize. But to your yeah. point, I've been I, sitting I watching fooled. the game and... Mm-hmm. Like, like the ball is has already in the glove of the catcher, and they swing. And yeah, well, and there's that what? too. But. What? Well, well, I know our, one of the quotes I remember reading was somebody said to a guy, "How do you bat against Nolan Ryan?" And he said, "Well, when he starts his wind up, you start your swing." <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and if he throws a curve, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's my point exactly. I know. Is is more often than not, it's the the batter has guessed wrong. Yeah. He's expecting a fast. The difference ball. between fastballs and sliders. Oh. A good slider pitcher will kill you. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. just the way it is. Because their arm and motion is almost you're exactly the same. And you get exactly. the other. And a good changeup. Really, yeah. That's, that's yeah. why Hunjin Ryu is so effective. Oh. You know, he does he ever pitch in the nineties? He might nope. nip the nineties once in a while, but yeah. he is a guy who just messes with your timing. And yeah. yeah, that's great. That's the yeah. that that's. And tactical that, pitching. And that is the part of the game that I think the average viewer just doesn't get. No. That it really is yeah, a, a, a mental, but it's oh. a mental game, batter against pitcher. Yeah. And trying it's advantage to, pitcher trying, from the start. Yeah, yes. trying to outguess the other. Yeah. Right? And the pitcher's always trying to fool the batter. Batter's trying to be ready yeah. for the pitch that he thinks the pitcher's going to throw. And yeah, Which is just an ongoing another, another example of why it is so critical for umpiring to be good because if you are an umpire that calls that top outside pitch a strike yeah well as a batter now that's it you've got to swing at just about anything now and that ruins that tactic of trying to guess what the pitcher is going to do now you're having to guess the pitcher and the umpire yeah and most batters will tell you about they don't mind if the umpire has a tight strike zone or a loose strike zone as long as it's consistent. Right. That is true. By the time you find out it's consistent, if it's bad. Third or fourth inning. You're third or fourth inning. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but if he's calling the pitchers that are just off the plate on the outside, if he's calling those a strike for both pitchers, then you can't really complain too much. That's his strike zone. Yeah. yeah you can still I mean, complain. If, I, yeah, I, right. I would say if that consistency is more than a ball 
yes. diameter oh, yes. outside the strike zone, then that's not good. No. I'm looking I mean, forward it's okay to the day, and I know it's, it's inevitable there, that we don't have umpires calling balls and strikes. I, the I the plate umpire is going to be yeah, calling it'll foul be, balls and mm-hmm. and close yeah. plays at home and stuff and, like that. And they'll not be making some calls that uh, I'll bring this, uh, this is a little... Uh, uh, rules challenge for you guys because I just watched this in the Major League Baseball game of the day. It was uh, where are we at here? We had um, Cincinnati and who did they play? Where is it? I should have it on the scoreboard here. Uh, anyway, Cincinnati and Minnesota. That's yes. who it was. And the um, Cincinnati player. It was their catcher, and he came. He was at at bat, squared to bunt. the The ball, uh, the hit was uh, kind of a short pop into the infield. The Minnesota player, I can't remember if it was the pitcher or who got it, but he got it in time to throw to first and get the out. Yes. Cincinnati wanted a review. And and the announcer I was listening to the Minnesota Ball's in broadcast front of the play, so that should be reviewable. Hmm? No, no. The ball is in front of the play. If the ball goes into yeah. forward motion, right? Yeah, yeah. If it's a foul or whatever, that's yeah, not that's reviewable. The, no, exactly. Right? Yeah, it's so reviewable. They wanted to they wanted to review, and and I'm listening to the Minnesota announcers, and they're going, what, "What's to yeah. review? The ball got hit. The play got made. The guy's out. And what the review was? Did it hit the batter? Mm. Oh. Yes. And they reviewed, and they determined that the batter's fingers actually is contacted what, the ball. Contacted the mm. ball. <gasps> wow! So what's the ruling? Um, take first base. No. Where was the pitch? If the pitch was in the strike zone, it's a strike because you're not allowed to have your hands over the plate. Um, you're both wrong. Why? It's got nothing to do with where with the where, where the pitch yeah, was. Yeah, he'd be in the to do with where his hand was on the bat. Okay, because okay. he squared to bunt. Yep, the ball hit his hand, which was at that point part of the bat. Yes, the mm-hmm. hand the hand is part of the bat. Yes, when you're coming across to bunt like that, that is part of the bat. So the actual rule is dead ball strike. Okay. 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 So you runners you right runners right. go back to yeah. their well. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the strike zone though, because on no. this instance, his bunt attempt, the pitch was actually inside, and mm. he pulled it, pulled the bat yeah. back to him, mm. and it still it hit his hand. Hands. And yeah. so, yeah, mm. um, that's cool. I love those yeah. little yeah. moments of so and, and good for that team for being on it that fast. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, it was it was beneficial to them because he was out. Yes, he instead would have yeah. he a gets strike a strike call and yeah. he's still at the plate, and then he gets a single. And you should have heard the Minnesota announcers. Nope. I don't see how that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, no, that's fair. And, and the one, the the color commentator, you know, typical player. Well, that's uh, how do how do, how come you penalize the pitcher when the batter doesn't even know how to. Hunt properly. He's got well, his hand around. Hard. You his, always yeah. penalize the pitcher. He, he's, no. His hand is around the bat, and you shouldn't have it in the way. And I'm going, no. well, the penal, the pitcher didn't get penalized. This, this batter got called a strike on him yeah. and had to stay in the batter's box. I was, the fact that you made an out on the play is irrelevant. Had the had the batter actually reached first, you'd be, uh, uh, you'd be more than help, happy to have that ruling. Yes. Yeah. So... 
Anyway. We are going to go to a break. Okay. When we come back, we'll talk some more on Post to Post. Do you like a good bluegrass song? Enjoying hearing music from the likes of Bill Monroe, Rhonda Vincent, and the Lakeside Ramblers? Then tune in to Back Porch Pickens Sunday evenings at 5 on 93.1 CFIS-FM for an hour of great bluegrass old and new. I'm Corey Walker, and I'm thrilled to take you on a musical journey each week as we explore the world of North American bluegrass. Catch Back Porch Pickens Sunday nights at 5 only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Get hands-on instruction in the art of shadow puppetry on Saturday at the downtown branch of the Public Library. Sherry Chai will be helping you make your own shadow puppets and storyboard, then watch them come alive with a musical accompaniment. You'll also have a chance to learn some words in Dakel, Japanese, Korean, French, and Hindi. It's a free drop-in event for all ages. The Shadow Puppet Language Workshop, Saturday from 1 to 3 at the downtown branch of the Public Library. Kids ages 5 to 9 can learn the basics of hand sewing at the Prince George Public Library. You'll learn to make cute crafts and mend your clothes in a series of workshops held over four Thursdays at each branch. All materials are provided. Kids Can Sew is a drop-in program each Thursday from 3.30 to 4 at the Nechaco branch until October 4th and then at the downtown branch through November 2nd. Kids Can Sew. Thursday afternoons at your Prince George Public Library. Forecast from Environment Canada, clearing early this afternoon with wind from the north at 20K, a high of 14. Tonight, clear, a low of 1 with a risk of frost. On Thursday morning, fog patches, then sunny. Wind from the south at 20 starting late in the morning and a high of 18. So just to recap the whole 20 minutes of baseball talk, it's all about Jared Young getting called yes. up to the Mets. Attaboy, Jared. <laughs> yes. Or the Cubs, I should say. Congratulations. And Long story see, short. Uh, their game, I believe, today is on at 3.40 our time. So uh, yep. when I go home from here, I'll probably check. They may even have the lineups up by that time. Although I don't know how much starting he's going to see. No, I think uh, he'll be coming off the bench. You might get to see him doing uh, pitch hitting, pinch hitting, uh, possibly coming running. in as defensive replacement later. Yeah, or they, defensive. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So let's let's make the obvious change then, gentlemen. From baseball, you know, the boys of summer to hockey, the boys of winter. The boys. Of Tip winter. of the hat to uh, Tanner Pearson. It's lovely having you in BC, and uh, mm-hmm. we wish you well in Montreal. Yes. Oh yeah, he got traded from got Vancouver. Traded. Yeah, and that's yeah. a great hockey trade. That is a, a very was strong a good, knowledge. Yeah, they definitely they needed, needed a, a, an experienced backup goalie yeah. in Vancouver, and Montreal yeah. has a lot of young players. They needed a, a quality uh, veteran presence who could step into the top six if you needed to. Yeah. And that's what they got. The good. one guy who's probably looking at that, going, "Okay, I guess I'm not sticking around very long in training camp." Is Ty Young from the Cougars because mm. he's in the Canucks training camp as a goalie. Uh, he was never going to. No. Yeah. He, 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 if they didn't make this trade, he might, if he played really well in training camp, he might have been able to stick around as the number three guy. Yeah, but, but now, number three no. never sticks with the team, right? I mean, you're always, no. that's well, why really quality goaltenders, you see them in the ECHL. Yeah. Well, how old is he? Ty? Ty, 20? 20, 20, about 20. I think this is his, this is his second NHL camp. Yeah. So he'd be 20. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ish, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, it might be nine, might be a late nineteen type yeah. thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Both of the uh, Cougar goalies are trained. Both of the starting goalies for the Cougars, well, who we assume will be, are in NHL training camps right now. Ty Young in Vancouver and Tyler Brennan over in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And the Cougars actually get to start the season this weekend then without their two top goalies. So suddenly number three becomes number one. Yes. And number four becomes number two. For at least a week or so. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never heard of this happening before, actually. No, that, uh, where both of them were at training camp. Both of them. Yeah. In any, yeah. I'm not just talking Cougars. I'm no, it's the pretty entire rare. WHL. Yeah. I've never I mean, heard of that. Most of the time, you've got like you've got your 20-year-old goalie who's been with the team for like three or four years. And you've got your 16-year-old who's coming up who's going to replace him next year. Or and 17 not or 18-year-old. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep. Often there's a goalie gone to NHL camp, but both yeah. of them at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty rare. That's no. great. Good. It's a great problem. Well, yeah, it shows that uh, you know if both of them come back to the Cougars and they both have similar kind of seasons, and the Cougars are as competitive as we expect them to be yes. this year. Yes, this is a year come, we expect them to fight come for. Come trade deadline, you've got a goaltender oh, that available. you could yeah. dangle, dangle, send dangle. off to someone yeah. 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 A and, bring in, and bring in some yeah. uh, prospects or whatever you need to to make that next step the the following season, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And if you sit down and do the math, it may become a situation where you trade both of them. Depending, depending on what's, depending going, on yeah, what's yeah. going on. And how you're doing and how you're doing the season, obviously, yeah. yeah. Uh Cougars preseason games on the weekend, split with Edmonton, lost four to three, one three to two. Those games were in grand cash. Opened the regular season Friday and Saturday, Tri City coming to town. Mm-hmm. Seven o'clock Friday, and a reminder, six o'clock on Saturday. I think they did that last year, was the first year they had the six the o'clock. The six games o'clock on starts, Saturdays. yeah. yeah. It's way better. Yeah. Uh just a reminder. This could be a good game. Of course, you never know from one year to the next. But last year, the Cougars finished with 81 points. Tri-City finished with 76. So fairly close in the yep, standings. pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Good start to see what the Cougars get. They, of course, are also missing, though. Riley Height is in Minnesota. Kane Zimmer is in L.A. And Ethan Sampson is with Philadelphia. Yeah. So you, you're, you know, Mark Lamb is saying, okay, guys, let's survive the first two weeks. And then we'll have our actual team. Yeah, but every every WHL team has that. I know. The so, difference here is that we have two goalies gone. Yes. Yeah, you but know. not every team no. has the same number of people gone to camps. No. no. We, but we do have a bit of an embarrassment yeah. of riches right now. Yeah. There have yeah. been some years where the Cougars, I, I think, maybe only had two. That's what I was saying. It's that, yeah. I think there was one. There, there may have been a year, year where they had none. Yeah, it might have been last year, or the year before. I think they had two guys, and they were playing Vancouver. And Vancouver at that point still had twelve guys at NHL training camps. Yeah, so, right. yeah, that's no, yeah. and yeah, but, but the fact is that it's part oh, yeah. of the part of the game oh, yeah. in the WHL. Yeah, is, it is, is that you have to calculate that's how that. your season starts. Yeah, and then that and that's the great opportunity for the up and coming kid. Absolutely, yes. this is a chance for the coaches really, to really make a. The best yeah. possible cut. Well, exactly. Because you're going to be playing guys longer that yeah. are on that bubble, and if they step up and, and, and real game situation, yeah, it could be a nice separator. Yeah, and that that helps you determine that that kid that uh, you know a month into the season someone goes down with an injury. Well, you know who you're bringing in because yeah. he's the guy that was there at the start yeah. and looked okay. And it is a tough situation because you can't donate wins. Like you can't just sit no. back and go, "Oh, I guess we got to lose because no. yeah. our guys you still have to desperately fight for every yeah. point." Well, sure. Wins count just as much in the first week of the season as they do in the last week, despite what a lot of people seem to think. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> and as the old cliche yeah. goes, you can't win the championship in your first week, but you can sure lose it yes. this month, but Oh, that's true. Yeah, like again, I didn't I didn't write down the names, but earlier this week the Cougars cut down to 27 players. Uh, sent five 15-year-olds back. 
to their junior team to right. their minor That's, teams. Yep. Which is normal. But still they still had five fifteen year olds on the roster at that point. So, so there's again, a real cascading guys, effect for those yeah. uh, junior B teams and uh, and A teams that uh, I don't know even how to characterize them anymore. The new style of junior A yes. that team can that uh, hockey Canada is implementing in BC. Yeah. Okay, but uh, the longer you hold on to those 15, 16 year olds at dub camps and at uh, oh, BCHL yeah. camps, the longer it takes for teams like the Caribou Cougars yeah. to determine oh. who they've got. Yeah, and even from there, because the Cougars, the Caribou Cougars, the U eighteen Caribou Cougars, let's be more specific here, mm-hmm. they're getting ready to start their season. They've maybe still got some guys coming back from age, from WHL and, training camp, and they do. When yep. they get those guys back, they cut a couple of their seventeen year olds or sixteen year olds. They go back to the U seventeen Cougars. They now cut a couple of guys who yep. go back to the U fifteen Cougars. Got it. Absolutely, the dominoes mm-hmm. bounce all the way down, and yeah. we just and it affects things other ways too. The the U eighteens. Just made a cut the other day, and it was uh, a player who happened to also be a billet kid. Uh, and so now the family is like, well, yeah, we didn't sign on to be <laughs> the billet family of a kid who the only he's the only hockey player in the house right now, right? Yeah, or, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, now they've got to make other billet arrangements, and that's hard to do. Yes. Okay. What isn't hard to do is go for a break, and we'll do that now and come back, and I think we'll probably be talking some more hockey. On Post to Post. The Prince George Council of Seniors is looking for host agencies to assist with the Golden Age Social. The host agency provides snacks, table prizes, and decorations for the event, which allows seniors to have social interactions with other seniors, important to their well-being and mental health. If your agency is interested in hosting a Golden Age Social, contact Lindsay at the Council of Seniors by emailing info at pgcos.ca or call the Council of Seniors at 250 564-5888. The Prince George Folk Fest Society is presenting Daket Shun Inli Music in the Fall Saturday, October 21st at the Knox Performance Center. This eclectic evening of music will weave together elements of pop, hip-hop, and R&B featuring the artists Matt Mack, Zenon Plus, and local favorite Symbiaz Wilson. Tickets are just $25 each, available online through coldsnapfestival.com. A warm-up for February's Cold Snap Music Festival, Daket Shun Inli, Saturday, October 21st at Knox Performance Center, downtown on 5th. Check out Creative Space Sunday at Two Rivers Gallery. Get out into nature and hunt for the perfect rock to paint orange to draw awareness and support for residential school survivors this Sunday at 1. Featuring a new activity each week, Creative Space Sunday is free for members with a nominal fee for non-members. It's a drop-in event with no registration required. Come by yourself, with your family, or with friends for Truth and Reconciliation Rock Painting during the next Creative Space Sunday, 1 o'clock this Sunday afternoon at Two Rivers Gallery. One of those songs we should have started a little bit earlier because it starts with those couple of drum beats Uh, that you barely even hear. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Okay, so uh, back to hockey. Uh, There's, uh, have we talked? Yeah, there's there's another junior team in town that we should talk about. They made a big move today. Well, they've done a couple of moves in the last couple of days. Uh, They added a new player, um, Tristan Taylor from Alberni Valley, Mm -hmm. for, let's say it in unison now, Future, Future considerations. considerations. <laughs> Six foot three, two hundred and one pound defenseman played twenty seven games last year, four goals, two assists. How old is he? 
I believe he's 18 or 19. Hmm. I can't remember. But the big news, to some extent, they've got a new coach. Not head coach. Brandon Manning. Skills oh, and development coach. Nice. Yes. Oh, the, that's that's, that's, a, huge. that's a big win. Yeah. That's a played, huge played 58 games for the Spruce Kings back in 2007-08. Yeah, but he's played for some other teams since then. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Oilers. The, Phil- the, most the Chicago. Was, most of his games were with, the, with Philadelphia. And Philly. Yeah, yeah, Philly was his main one. Yeah, and he won't have very much time. He's going to hit the ground running because they finished their preseason on the weekend with that sort of round-robin type thing, I guess it was, down in trail. They lost 2 nothing. Cranbrook, beat Trail 5-3, to beat Powell River 5-3. to They opened the season on the road on Saturday playing Salmon Arm. Now, I don't know if you remember last season, Frank. At the end of the season... Weren't they neck and neck? The like- Spruce Kings finished with 61 points. Tied for fourth. And Salmon Arm. Salmon Arm. And they had to play got- each other nope. right at the end, didn't they? I, can't, I think they did, yes. And Salmon Arm got the spot because they had um, fewer overtime losses. Oh, interesting tiebreaker. Yes. Um, and then the Spruce Kings lost in the first round of the playoffs. Salmon Arm got all the way to the third round. Hmm. And now they play each other first game of the regular season. And then the Spruce Kings are at home the following weekend. I want to say it's Chilliwack and Merritt, which again is... A little bit unusual having two different teams travel up here on a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we mentioned that uh, in previous weeks. Yeah. That, that was a, a, an oddity. Yeah, but still. good for the fans, though. Yeah, and but still, yeah, I, I find that kind of surprising because yeah, yeah you, you got the double headers was was the normal way to do it before. Yeah, yeah. and now with the ga- price of gas even higher, <laughs> they've decided to send <laughs> Can we do two teams at headers? once. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. they're maybe, maybe they're, they're sharing the a bus. bus. Yeah, they're yeah. sharing oh, yeah. a bus because yes. they're not playing each other. Come yes. on, we can make this work. Right. What I think might start happening is is doing stuff like that, where yeah. you have three way games, where where you will actually see three mm. teams meet in a spot and play not just the home yeah. host team, but everybody. So, you know, sort all sort three, like, like they, a mini tournament, sort of like they right. did this past weekend in the preseason. Yep, preseason. Where uh, we got a bit Cranbrook used to Trail, it. Powell River, all met. COVID bubbles when they yep. did it during COVID. And to some extent, of course, that's still being done with the BC Elite Hockey League, mm-hmm. where I oh, think yeah. all their leagues at different times during the season hold showcases where all the teams get together in one spot. And it's great oh. in their case, especially because of, uh, for two reasons, Volunteerism. If you're going to yes. like suck all your volunteers in and ask them to be at the rink and do things, it's a lot easier if you can do all of it at once. Yeah. Not, you know, and again next week, and again next week, yes. and again. Right. And the other thing is, and this is really probably the most important thing, is it's great for scouts. Yes. Yeah. Scouts can come, sit down, watch, yeah. and one place for a, a tight time frame, see what they've come yeah. to see. And I think that's probably the biggest reason is uh, when you're looking at a developmental league like mm-hmm. the BCHL, the more you can bring the scouts in, the better it is for your yes. for your league Absolutely. because that attracts players knowing that they're going to be seen by these uh, college scouts or whoever, right? Mm-hmm. University scouts, NHL scouts. If, if, if you're regularly getting scouts to the game, that helps uh, get the players in, yeah. right? Yep. One of the minor hockey teams in the BCHL already got their season going. Really? The U15 Cougars. Oh. 
Played on the weekend down in Burnaby. Played a the regular Vancouver season Northeast game Chiefs. already? Yes. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. quick. And lost, they don't have their whole team yet. No, lost 6-4 no. and 6 nothing. And then they are in Langley for a showcase this weekend. And it, this is where it gets interesting because these are regular season games. So technically, this is how it works. They host the Fraser Valley Thunderbirds on Friday. Yeah, they're the home team. And they play at Vancouver Island Royals on Friday. They host, or sorry, they play at the Valley West Giants on Saturday and host the Greater Vancouver Canadians. Their first real home games aren't until October 21st and 22nd against the uh, Thompson Blazers over in Kinwan. Haha. Uh-huh. So they've got a they've got a while on the road. Yeah, yeah. The U18s I know are uh, oh. heading out for um, a couple of games in Vancouver, but only a couple. It's not yes. a, not a big thing. No, yeah, they no, actually I think they're on the island this weekend. Um oh yeah, they could be. Yeah, Vancouver Island Royals. Yeah, they're at the Vancouver Island Royals on Saturday and Sunday. Um the following weekend, October 1st and 2nd, Kinwan they play the Valley West Giants. Their home openers. Uh, the U-17 Cougars, they're at home this weekend. They host the Okanagan Rockets Saturday 5.15 at Kopar Memorial Arena. Oh, yeah. And Sunday at 10 in Kin 3. Yeah, it's important for the fans to uh, double-check yes. <laughs> all the time, not just assume it's all at the Kin complex. Yeah. The Northern Capitals, the female under-18 team, they've got a showcase in Surrey this weekend. They play at the Greater Vancouver Canadians on the or sorry not next not next not this weekend next weekend mm. because they've only got five teams they can afford to wait an extra week or so before they start playing yeah yeah the u13 uh, northern capitals are in a bit of a pickle because uh w- normally there's a a team a peer team comprised of players from vanderhoof west to mm. rupert right? okay. they all get together yeah. and they uh, they play games yeah. that team in in the u13 level doesn't exist this year Ooh. And Williams Lake also doesn't have their usual U13. So the closest teams that the U13 Prince George team can play is Kamloops and Fort St. John. Ouch. So, uh, yeah, and they actually have a pair of games coming up in Tumblr Ridge as a uh, a central meeting spot. That's what we were talking about earlier. I've never been to Tumblr Ridge before. I'm going to go on that one. The two teams get together in a central location. Well, we've seen that before, I think. It's especially have tough. Done that when, a couple of times where they've played teams in Williams Lake. Yeah, yeah, and the and the U um, eighteen Caribou Cougars played in uh, Quinell last year one yes. game, and that was the first time they had done that in yeah. a long time. And of course, they play uh, the the Vanderhoof games too. Uh, yeah. Vanderhoof and Fort St James, the outdoor game. Yeah, that's always. Yeah, I don't fun know if they're doing that this year. I'm not the sure. Last either. I've I seen heard. they hadn't announced because that's that BCHL road show. Yeah. And I hadn't seen any announcement. They're still saying we're going to do it, but I hadn't seen any announcement of who's going to be taking part or when or yeah, where. And I haven't talked to Trevor about yeah. that yet. And no. uh, I, I would like to. I'd like to be part of that. Yeah. I've never never watched those games before. Nope. I'd like to do, go see them do that. The Nationals for uh, U18 female mm-hmm. is in Fort St. John this year. Oh, And okay. the U13 uh, Capitals team has games scheduled in Fort St. John at the same time. So wow. they're going to get a chance to, to watch. watch some of the the best young female talent in in all of hockey in Canada. Wow. Okay. We are going to go to another break. When we come back, uh, I'm sure we'll be ta- find something to talk about for sports on Post to Post. Motorists are advised that Boundary Road is closed 24 hours a day just south of Boeing Road through Saturday, September 30th for the installation of deep utilities. 
Motorists will need to use alternate routes to detour around the area. The City of Prince George reminds motorists to obey all signage and traffic control personnel in all construction zones. That's Boundary Road, closed 24 hours a day between Boeing Road and the Boundary Road Light Industrial Park until Saturday, September 30th. If you've been impacted by fires in B.C., you're encouraged to register with the Canadian Red Cross. Registration is available online at redcross.ca or by calling 1-800-863-6582 between 9 and 5 daily. Registration ensures you can be contacted while away from home and to receive information on assistance that may be available. Donations to the 2023 B.C. Fires Appeal can be made at redcross.ca or by calling one 800 418-1111. The Prince George Council of Seniors Meals on Wheels program supports older adults, 55 plus, residing in the Bowl area of Prince George who have difficulty preparing meals for themselves. Meals on Wheels provides fresh, nutritional, and affordable lunchtime meals. Cost is just $9.50 per meal with delivery weekdays between 11 and noon. For more information, to register, or to get this month's menu schedule, call the Prince George Council of Seniors Resource Center at 250-564-5888. Forecast from Environment Canada, clearing early this afternoon with wind to the north at 20K, a high of 14. Tonight, clear, a low of 1 with a risk of frost. On Thursday morning, fog patches, then sunny. Wind to the south at 20, starting late in the morning, and a high of 18. So Frank was cringing at the word frost in the forecast. Yeah, must uh, be a more cringeworthy season. word was in yesterday's forecast where it had a predicted low of zero. Yes. Not just frost, but actual freezing. Zero. Yes. yes. And yeah, we're getting I was close. in Burns Lake the other day, and uh, in the morning Oof. there was a, a, a skiff of, of ice on some water outside the, uh-huh. the house. So. Yeah. It's that time of year. Oh, let's start talking some football. Yeah, it's it's getting, getting, frosty football. Yeah. Getting frost on the pumpkins. Yeah, The Kodiaks. Or the pigskin. Kodiaks were at home uh, playing Langley, the team that beat them 52 nothing the week before. Boy. They lost 39-17. So, fairly good improvement, actually. Yeah. That's 30 points better. I, That's a huge yeah, and I'll huge put it this swing. way. Compared to the other two scores from the BC Football Conference, that was a great score. West Shore Rebels, 95. <gasps> Vancouver Island Rebels, 14. What? And the Camelos Broncos finally got to play their first home game. They played their first five games on the road because Hillside Stadium was being worked on. Ah. They got to take on the Okanagan Sun. So it's not just your first that's home game, coming here but you're, you're playing the team that's right up the road from you in Kelowna. Yeah, yeah, that's a real rivalry. The Broncos get the opening kickoff, march down the field, and score. Then the Sun scored the next 66 points. Wow. 66-7 wow. So as I say, the 39-17 for the uh, Kodiaks doesn't sound bad at all. 90? 95-14. So was that the home team that got the 95? I can't I believe they got look. 14. Yeah. <laughs> well, well it's, the, it's defense uh, compared to... Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is they may have picked off a couple of passes well, and the offense time. is so tight. Like, how, well, how, yeah. 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 how do you squeeze 14 points when you're giving up 95? 95. Yeah. Kodiaks this week uh, on the road in Chilliwack to play the Valley Huskers. Big game for them. Kodiaks are two and four right now. The Huskers are four and two. So a win and you get right back into them. Or it shows you who you really are. (laughs) Yes. 
Um, and then the following weekend, September the 30th, they're at home, the game we've been talking about a fair bit. September the 30th, uh, National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. So it's not going to be the Prince George Kodiaks, if you've said before, Clayton Tanay Kodiaks, Kodiaks. With the special uniforms. Uh huh. I got in touch with the Okanagan Sun. Right. To hear their opponents. They said no. And they said, unfortunately, we will not have special uniforms. Oh. So I thought it was kind of nice. Well, thanks to for put confirming the, that. But, but I thought it was nice to put in the word unfortunately. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Too bad. Um, yeah. Also, but, do better. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing is they may have figured it's it, a game on the road, though, as well. They don't want to necessarily maybe take away from the home team wearing their special uniform. Not taking away. What, I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't. I didn't ask for an explanation. Do better. Yes. But uh, no. Um, then we got football of a different sort. Um, rugby? The, the one that you play with your feet. <laughs> oh, Australian <laughs> rules? Yes. Oh, there's some... Australian rules. Uh, I don't know if I. Australian rules football is a game I love watching, but there's no way I would ever want to be out on the field. No kidding. And I actually don't understand the rules. There are none. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay, then I do understand the rules. I thought <laughs> there's I didn't, 18 but. players per team, which sounds ridiculous until you realize the field is the size of Alberta, and it's a war of attrition. To some extent, it's really like two. It seems like two uh, two regiments, yeah, from the well, First World War slamming yeah. into each other. Let's back it up a bit and actually talk rugby for a sec because oh. they are going through uh, the time of the season where they're registering. Mm. Oh for, yeah, for rugby, yes. and we had a media release from uh, the sixteen ninety seven. Yep. Yeah, which what is, a great concept. I'm, I'm loving the 1697s. Yes. Which is the other rugby group in town. Yeah. And you can register for them or the Prince George uh, Nats. The Nats. Uh, <laughs> both have registration links on uh, rugby.ca. Okay, perfect. So you click on the BC, yep. and then you go to uh, the list of the different Teams. organizations. Prince George Oddly, Nats. 1697s is right at the top of the alphanumeric <laughs> Listing yes. and the Nats are uh, farther down under yeah. uh, PG yes. for Prince George. <laughs> Not under G, because no. that would be very hard to find if you didn't know. No, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, both teams, you can get registration uh, online. I'm actually hoping to see a game between the Nats and the 1697s. Yeah, it would uh, be difficult because the 1697s, this was their first year. Yep. And they, like, they, and for those they who don't played know, at the I want to say they played at the uh, World Police and Fire Games. Yeah, they're a team mm -hmm. comprised team of 911 responders. Yeah. Well, first responders is what they call them. Yeah. yeah. But they're not just from Prince George. They're from, like, they actually had players from Winnipeg on their team because that's where the tournament was, that's where the event was being held. They had a, a yeah, yeah the they picked guys up. But, yeah, uh, yeah they've got teams. But they're, they're, they're got players, players from, from Cornell, all, over the, all over the north, yeah. Yeah. But they can definitely. Uh, but they are working on. But they don't play, right? They're, they're also getting trying to get young youth teams put together. Yeah. And build up. So. And that's why the Nats might be an option for them because yeah. the players who are on the 1697s from outside of Prince George really have no one against whom they can play. Yes. They're not part of a team. They're not part of a league. They're not. No. They're freelancing. So they do want to get together. And actually play once in a while, so that when the next yes. uh, police and fire games come up in is it two years time? I think it's I don't every know. two years. But yeah, but the, uh, there's a good chance those ones will be in like outer Mongolia. 
It's in uh, Alabama. Oh, okay. The next, the next ones are coming up in Alabama. Okay, a little bit warmer than Winnipeg, probably. A little closer than outer, outer Mongolia. Yes, yes, yes. Inner Mongolia. Inner, yes. Either. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there is an outer Mongolia. But anyways. Inner Mongolia. Um, football. The type you play with your feet. Footy. Well, how about if we take a break, come back, and then we can chat about uh, UNBC Timberwolves. Yeah, we'll just keep it all tight then. The Tourism Prince George Long Table Harvest is back Friday, September 29th. The event is an annual celebration of our food and beverage industry, a staple to the visitor economy. The Long Table Harvest is also a night to appreciate local farmers as a true farm-to-table experience. Tickets are available through the shop link at tourismpg.com. Showcasing local chefs, local ingredients, and locally produced beverages, the Long Table Harvest, Friday, September 29th, at Art Naps. If you're the parent of a very young person and you're looking for a handy entertainment option, check out Storytime and Baby Time at either branch of your Prince George Public Library. Storytime for children 0 to 5 years is at the downtown branch at 1015 Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and 1 o'clock at the Nachaco branch on Wednesdays. Baby Time for ages 0 to 11 months is at 1130 Wednesdays at the Nachaco branch and Thursdays downtown. For the full schedule, check out pgpl.ca. 6,900 Canadians will have their life changed forever with a pancreatic cancer diagnosis. Register today for the Kicking Pancreas 5K set for November 10th in Vancouver. By taking part, you'll help Craig's Pancreatic Cancer Society change the outcome by shining a light on pancreatic cancer. Register online at craigscause.ca slash kp. Walk or run the Kicking Pancreas 5K, 7 p.m. November 10th in Vancouver in support of Craig's Cause Pancreatic Cancer Society. All right, now we can talk. Yes. U- UNBC. Soccer. UNBC soccer. The unbooks. Women unbooks. were, both teams were on the road. The women actually had two games out as far west as you can get in Canada West. Ah. They were in Manitoba. Brandon? Mm-hmm. Was it Brandon? Nope. They lost 3 nothing to University of Manitoba on Friday. Oh. Got a tie with Winnipeg. Woo. Scoreless draw. Nice. On Saturday. Good for them. Their first point of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're on the board. Yes. Even though they didn't get on the board. No. They they are actually at home this week. Actually, I'll mention first, the men had one game, which is a rather unusual situation. And they were in Calgary. In Calgary. Yeah. They They went all the way to Calgary and played one game. Against Calgary. They lost two to one. But you're thinking, well, why not play Mount Royal while you're there? Yeah. Or call Lethbridge. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't make the the schedule. Both teams are at home this weekend. Cool. The women, uh, both of them play Friday, Sunday. The women host University of Alberta on Friday at 6 o'clock. They host McEwen, which some people still call Grant McEwen. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, on Sunday at 2.15. The men host Alberta on Friday at noon. Ooh. And they host Lethbridge on Sunday at noon. Well, I think the noon start on Friday... I don't think it's. I, I know it's not a pro D day because they just had no. it on Monday. Yeah, yeah. But I think again, I know they try to do this a couple of times a year, is play games during the day, and get school kids to come out to the game. Yeah, makes a that ton makes, of sense. That makes for an intimidating yeah, come out, crowd. Come out to the game. You don't want to go to school. Come yeah. out to the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> no. So um, 
No, so the men um, currently one five and one fifth in the Pacific, and it's not going to be easy this weekend. Alberta is first in the Prairie Conference, and Lethbridge is third. So you're playing a couple of fairly decent teams. They're ripe for the picking. Yeah, the women kind of get it the other way around to some extent. Alberta is fourth in the Prairie. McEwen six zero and one undefeated this year. First in the Prairie Division. So, yes. Well, the There's one. So a draw. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a chink in that armor. Yes. You mean, so what you're saying is there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> what? There's, yeah, that's so right. What you're saying is there's a chance. That's right. Yeah. There is it's a always, chance. Get out there's there. There's always a chance. That's why they play the game. You're on yes. home turf. There's yeah. a chance. Uh, just doing a very quick check, and I believe that's, oh, um, very quick note. Uh, this past weekend on Saturday, I believe it was, they held the sixth month out event, right for the 2024 Parabiathlon World Championships and the Paranordic World Cup Finals. You betcha! Out at Otway, apparently they got really good turnout. I As don't they know should. How, I don't they, know if they signed up a lot of volunteers. That was one of the things they were looking to do. Apparently, someone that we know didn't go out there. Who's that? Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did, spending a lot of time did, there when it happens? Yeah, let me we, tell you. we did have. Uh, one of the gentlemen yep. from um, the yeah. organizing committee on last week, yep. right? John Alborg, the new the new uh, chief of competitions oh, for yeah. the event, actually called us because he was in town last Wednesday yeah. along with a couple of the international people looking over the course and everything. So, of course, one of my questions was, well, how tough is it to look at the course when there's no snow on it? And he said, well, we're experienced. We've seen yeah, a lot we, of these. We, yeah, get an idea. we know how to extrapolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But no, because originally the plan was I was going to go out there in the morning and tape an interview, but one of the planes was delayed coming in, so they weren't actually going to be out there until 1 o'clock in the Mm. afternoon, which didn't work very well for us. I'm actually worried about that. That is the one component, that and no snow whatsoever. Yeah. Well, they have Uh, a machine, don't they? They do actually have a machine. Yeah, it can't get everyone. not as bad as... It's not a problem there. And, and there's another machine in town too for an if needed because yeah. the heart ski also has a snow gun so they yeah. can if they need yeah. to I don't know how easy it is to transport but those yeah. things are usually somewhat portable in an emergency well well yeah. they have to be portable to get them around the field so yeah yeah well a lot of places build them in a stationary spot and just Fire. cover Fire it well. cover the main area right like yeah. they yeah. don't go to the, the sub areas anyway but, I'm sure I'm sure yeah, there's a way I, I hope th- yeah. the real issue is is uh, flights and then i got a yeah. taste of that when i was involved in the cross-country ski events that were last winter and mm. some of the it was the uh was the ontario quebec or ontario had their luggage left behind oh, oh no and it, it yeah. arrived by the squeakiest <laughs> nibbles of just time. in time eh? yeah yeah. Give me and, my skis. Let me wax them. I'm on the course. And that's the thing. It's yeah. the yeah. waxing. It's not about you know, no. you know, being attached to your skis and what. It's just getting them and and spending the time to make sure that the waxing is perfect on yeah. them. Uh, yeah. For the conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Because no two days are the same. No. And it's not something where I, I don't think it'll probably be a problem, but it's not something where I want. If I'm on the Ontario team. I'm not sure I'd want to rely on talking to guys from the Manitoba team and saying, well, what kind of wax are you guys using? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> can we I borrow mean, your I, waxer? Not even asking if you can borrow the waxers, but rather than having to go out on the course yourself and get a feel for what wax you're going to need. Mm, yeah. I, I'm sure there are probably some of the skiers on some of the teams who would not mind 
telling you what wax they're using. Oh, sure. Yeah, figured, yeah. I'm going to beat you anyways. Who yeah, sportsmanship well, well, is it, yeah. It's in, key alive because if you don't do it right, you're going to get waxed. Ah, uh, where is my is drum Mike? kit? Mike two. Mike two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> turn that one down, would you? Yeah. That was a good one. As yes. a dad, I appreciate that joke. Uh, <laughs> ooh, that means it was a bad joke, Reg. Uh, okay, that I think about does it for my notes on sports for the day. Hmm. That's it. Everything local, yeah. We still have four minutes. That's three a, minutes. Three and a half minutes. Holy cow, that's an eternity. It is. Well, again, oh, okay, let's, let's wind things back to where we started then. Okay. With Jared Young. Okay. Yeah. They called him up, and the Cubs were so inspired by the fact that he was coming back. They broke a five-game losing streak yesterday by beating Pittsburgh 14-1. Oh, yeah. 14 to 1. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's either that or, or maybe it was the rest of the players saying, hey, we don't need them. Look, no. we <laughs> don't need them. <laughs> they were all playing for their job. <laughs> no, and again, that's who they're playing. Their next two games are against Pittsburgh, three against Colorado, who by record are the worst team in the National League. Wow. Probably going to lose 100 games this year. Wow. Then they play three against Atlanta who by record are the best team in the National (laughs) League. And they finish the season with three against Milwaukee, the team that's leading their division. Hmm. But the thing is, if they do well up until then... Well, they've done well against Milwaukee. Yes. Uh, Atlanta, that's, I think, the toughest part. Yeah. Yeah. Toughest part of the schedule, The one thing they might have a slight advantage on there is Atlanta has basically clinched everything at this point. Yeah, they'll be playing a lot of their call-ups at this point. Although... They've been in that situation for the last week or so. Their starters have been playing. Like They've got, I think, three guys who have played every game this season. Mm. There's some individual players who are going for some records. Oh, And yes. so uh, I think uh, they're compens- or, uh, accommodating that opportunity. Yes. <laughs> but you yes. don't, I mean, going into the playoffs, you don't want to have no. a lot of, and you, I mean, you can't just call people up is the other thing because that futzes around with your 40-man roster and yeah. that's that can... It, it can yeah. be problematic. So, and, But a lot of bench players will get more innings and yeah. stuff like that. And that's why Jared was allowed to be called up was because he was already was on the 40 inj- And there was an injury. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so. Tonight, today's game, uh, Ovedo, is that how it's pronounced? I believe so. Uh, will be taking to the mound for uh, Pittsburgh. And they've got the breakdown of how the individual players have done against mm-hmm. him. Uh, Jared Young has batted 500 against him. Whoa! Well, two at bats. Hey, but yeah, still, but still, put him in the yeah. lineup. Is he a righty or lefty pitcher? Uh, yes. Ha. Huh. Okay. He's right-handed. <laughs> He's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which so makes that, sense. it, it uh, favors yeah. Jared being in the game. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, well, you never know. I don't know. They may not, especially after winning yesterday, fourteen to one. You're playing the same team today. They I may th- not want to tinker with success. They yeah. may say, let's throw that same lineup out there. Now we've got Jared on the bench as a pinch hitter. Yep. Or yeah. Oh, yeah, Jared's not going to walk in he'll, and he'll, no, he'll play spot somebody. duty yeah. and then step in if, yeah, if things get, start going Because the, the Cubs have oddly encountered some roster depth in the last yes. yeah. see, the, during the yeah, season. Yeah, they found oh, yeah. some guys that can do yeah. Last year, that was a real problem. And this yeah. year, what a turnaround. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. time will tell. We'll know next week. We'll be able to talk some more. That, That's well, it. That, that was his cue. We're done. We'll be back next Wednesday, 1 o'clock, for Post to Post.